Um, uh, happen. So he'll be with us in a second. I'm a technical whilst, wizard, man. Like yeah, you're a technical wizard. It's all happening. It's all uh, whilst he's whilst he's handling his technical admin, uh, I'll just you know take the floor. What we uh, do with this podcast each week is we really talk about what we've both dedicated our life to, uh, at least for now. Don't get triggered, Jono. Uh, which is you know helping people with this work, and it's the work to help you become yourself. It's the work to you know just help you live the life of the hero. And that doesn't mean you're a dude. You can be a woman. You can be a unicorn. It really doesn't matter. It's just that there is this thread of being and thread of uh, embodiment that we can all live through, uh, that we've both found in our own life. And the universal experience is once you find that thread and you start to live from it, your whole life starts to change in a very magical way. So Mm. uh, what we do is we kind of follow the flow with this. And what what we're now doing, and this is Jono's just figuring this out, is uh, every every two weeks follow a pattern. So last week we heard Jono's story with the work and where he was at. And then we just kind of had a conversation with it from that point. And then this week might be a bit more Q&A. It'll be a little bit more about Jono and I just jamming. And then next week we're having someone else come and tell their story. And so every two weeks uh, we'll get a guy from our community or maybe even eventually a, a woman who I used to work with and they'll come up and they'll talk about their experience with the work and what they get out of the work and how the work has changed their life. And then every other week, Jono and I will jam. So next week we have Smitty is coming. Yeah. Awesome. So you, uh, you had that conversation. Smitty! With me. Yeah. I'm not just announcing this on the podcast and hope he shows up. Well, yes. yeah. Cause well, this is the first time I'm hearing about I this. Know, I know so, it's live. Yeah. It's literally uh, live. It's a, it's literally live. Yeah. So he'll come on next week. And then I just thought that'd be really cool. Um, you know, every two weeks, get a guest. It might not be every two weeks. Uh, and there's just so many incredible men that we've had the pleasure and opportunity to work with who can come up and talk about what the work's done for them. And I just think it'll just really ground this to people. And it, instead of it just being, you know, the two of us standing on top of a mountain talking about the work, it can be, you know, real life people sharing their experiences. So mm. how are you? What's going on? That is a loaded question, sir. Uh, well, that's unlike you having questions. So I'll just be straight. Okay. I feel a part of me feels devastated. Okay. Part of me feels sorrow. Okay. Part of me feels deep sadness. Um, and yeah, I'm feeling a lot. Mm. And, you know, something that you just, mentioned before was that you know we follow the thread and wherever that thread goes life well when we follow the thread life gets better Mm. um and the first thing i can feel is that life is better my life is miraculously different Mm. and i feel like i'm feeling more stuff than i've ever felt before And, you know, last night I was in the car and I was, I was saying to myself, why do I feel so much? Why do, why do I feel so much? Mm. And it's like, I wanted to not feel mm. like it's like, I wanted, I wanted to stop the feeling. And I also acknowledge that that's a part of me and, what's been there for me today is that it's really fucking t- hard. 
like it's really fucking hard and it's uncomfortable to feel and work for stuff yeah because like i said i'm feeling sadness and like this feeling of devastation yeah and as i go and do the work and as i feel through these parts of me i feel my mind Mm. like it's like I've never acknowledged how much my mind has created so much in my life. Yeah. Like so my mind has always been on and it's like, it's from looking into the future, not mostly looking into the future. Um, It's creating like situations inside my mind that have either happened or not happened Mm -hmm. or looking at things and seeing how it could get worse or like connecting. That's that's, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. And and also like connecting the dots. Yeah. Like my mind is, my mind's brilliant. You know, it really is brilliant because I can see how much time and energy I've, my mind's got. Mm. (sighs) Yeah. And I think like, you know, as I'm sitting here, I'm a bit tense, some sadness in my belly. Just had a very like beautiful conversation with Dinus, one of our, you know, amazing team members. And yeah, being the hero, it's it's interesting because to someone who's never done any of this work, they think life getting better just means you feel joy all the time and we do feel a lot of joy mm-hmm. and i'm a joyous i'm a joyous person i am i too yeah i don't like to label myself but i too feel a ridiculous amount of joy and people yeah. who meet me and i've had this comment before people are like oh you're the happiest person i've ever met i'm like yep that's probably true and i also feel everything and there's no way to turn up the dial of feeling and be selective with what you feel it's just all there and if you choose to go into your basement and you go into it deep enough, this isn't easy to do, but it's doable. Eventually the parts of you realize, oh, we don't have to bury things anymore because we're not going to run away from them. And so that means all the things that you would feel like you're, you're feeling devastation right now. It's like, well, usually you just go destroy that feeling somehow, right? Go get drunk or go exercise or play video games or buy some things or smoke cigarettes or whatever it is. You just go do something to distract yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you choose to do this work, that's really no longer an option. And so you just sit in it, but for someone who hasn't done this work, they're like, why would I want to sit and feel devastation? That sounds horrible. And it's like, well, when, I, when I'm sitting in sadness right now, the experience is beautiful. I'm like, oh, there's nowhere else I would rather be than sitting here with these parts of me just in the experience. And we just, we live in a world where it's so wrong to feel quote unquote bad emotions mm. like even think about that language it's like oh yeah there's the cool emotions and then there's like the uncool emotions mm. it's like there's the jocks and the losers 
And it's like, whoa, why, why is all that there? And so it is possible to feel emotions without being overwhelmed by them. And, you know, it's all part of the journey. It's, it's just all part of the mountain. And some parts of the mountain are very difficult, but mm. there's such deep beauty in the difficulty if you're willing to look at it. And if not, you're just going to keep running away forever. Yeah, you know, something that you just said then was that when you're with sadness or with any emotion, you look at the beauty and you say to yourself, well, it's not that you say, it's just what you literally feel, is that you wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Mm. That takes time mm. to, to really be with what you just said because I also like feel the truth in that. Mm. Um, and I also feel that there's times that I don't want to be in that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's just like, there's just, I mean, the, the parts, this, this last 12 months, the parts of me have really tested me. They're like, all right, all right, scallywag. You want to feel things, do you? Mm. All right. Here's some feelings. I'm like, fuck, that's a lot. And any, like the things that we feel on any given week, worthlessness, not enough, something wrong with you, questioning, broken, no one has any friend. Like if I just went through the parts of me that I've met this week alone, from the last podcast to this podcast, it's insane. But what happened for me in the past 12 months is I really got unconditional love. And my love for myself for, you know, whilst I was working on loving myself, which happened when I was about 22, the first seven years of that was completely conditional. And even something as simple as my body, you know, I'm going through a lot with my body now. And it's like, every time I look in front of it, every time I look at my body in the mirror, I'm always excited for what my body can look like. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow. That's just all conditional then. Mm-hmm. I'm never happy with my body. Like it's just always what my body can be. Totally, man. And what so my life, what my life can be. Exactly. I'm always, it's always something else other than what's here right now. And so I was being with all those parts and this really all revolves around the teen for me. But, well, and there was just parts of me which I could not connect with. Didn't matter what I did. Didn't matter how many conversations I had. Doesn't doesn't matter how much I did the work. There was just no movement in the relationship. And I remember when it changed and I wasn't sleeping very well. And, you know, I haven't slept well in a while because my teenager just gets so tense and I wasn't sleeping well and I was anxious and I was tense. And I was just like, I just felt like I was being like I was in a, in one of those compact and it was just being squeezed all the time. And I just, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like fucking trying everything. And eventually I just said, you know what? I don't care how long I feel this way. I'm not going away. And what happened in that moment is it stopped being about me. Mm -hmm. Cause up until that point, I'd been like, I'm going to be with this emotion until I get what I want. Mm -hmm. And what, what happened is that moment started the journey of, you know, we call it, there's two parts to the work, really agape and trust, love and trust. Well, love the parts of you without attachment. Well, up until that point, the, the love had been about me. I was giving them love and because they weren't changing into what I wanted them to be, I was upset. 
which meant my love is all conditional. But what happened in that moment is a door opened and it didn't, took me a long time to walk through that door of, okay, well, what if I let go of trying to make my emotions be what I want them to be? And I actually just make this about them and I just give up the rest. And I was like, cool, I don't care if we're awake for till 3 a.m. every night for the rest of my life. And then, you know, it gets, it, it got more extreme until the point where I was like, okay, this, this is now not me. This is now you guys need to trust. Mm. But it's like, you know, I, I don't, I'm now in the position where I just really work on loving myself unconditionally or like every minute of the day. And that's why it's beautiful for me. I, I don't care what emotions I feel. I don't mind what comes up. I don't, because I'm just, it's so nice to be able to be there with the parts of me and to give them love. And that took time. Mm -hmm. And the difference in my life, once I let go of attachment of like trying to get stuff from the parts of me and just made it about them, yeah, there's, that's probably the big reason why I've probably grown more in the past 12 months and I've grown probably in every other year of my life combined. Mm. Um, so yeah, it does take time and it is difficult because there's so many parts of you that you want to change. Yeah. And of course, there's a part of you who's like, I don't want to feel devastation. And it's so hard. And even once you've made the commitment, it then takes time for the parts of you to believe that commitment. Hmm. You know, something that I'm feeling through at the moment is that there really is a difference between pain and suffering. Mm, totally. And I'm feeling that at the moment. I can kind of piece different things and piece things together in my life where I've experienced pain. I've experienced shit things happen, mm. right? And fuck, man, people go through a lot, a lot of pain. Totally. And I also chose to suffer yes. whilst in that pain. Yes. And the way that suffering looked like for me was to berate myself. Yes. To, to bully myself, to shame yes. myself. To avoid yourself. To avoid myself. To really yeah. say that I am uh, I'm not good enough. Yeah. And then I would do everything in my power to be good enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm now seeing that that is optional. Yes. Like that part of is, is optional. And, you know, right now I feel like it's a series of events that I feel like are just are painful. Mm. And, and it's like the pain is there. Am I choosing to be with the pain and be with the emotions that are here and actually be king for these emotions, stand by them, take care of them, listen to them and just sit with them? Mm-hmm. And then the second step is like, am I choosing to not go down the rabbit hole of suffering and bullying myself? Yeah. And man, that is, that is also hard. Yeah. Extremely difficult. Because that's the way I used to do things. And, that, and, I, and I did that to an extent. I think, you know, you can really push suffering all the way, obviously, till, till death. Yeah, uh, and some obviously many people do that, and that suffering for me stopped early. Mm. Stopped. I could. I, I wouldn't catch myself doing it that much. Oh, it was like unconscious. Mm. I would just do it, do it, do it, and then until I thought I don't feel like the feelings of this anymore. I need to stop doing this, and then I would use that for fuel to go and be better. In my yes, life. but you still that, suffer. But you're still suffering when you're trying to be better. It's just different. Doesn't feel like that though. 
well, that's what you tell yourself. Well, yeah, that's but, what you but, say. But uh, I, I, I feel like I don't, I didn't even have the conscious knowing that that was happening. Yes. Because in, 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 and in my experience is that I'm getting better. Yes. Well, like, at one level of your consciousness, you're like, everything's great. But then the second that we scratch, second that we're like, okay, tell me more, it just vanishes because it's an illusion that you're selling yourself into constantly because that's how you get away from the suffering. And then whilst you're in getting better, the real reason that you're suffering is just because you're not being yourself. And so your life is by definition out of alignment. It's like you can't, you can't have functioning friendships and functioning relationships and functioning you know, family life and a functioning business, you can't function fully in terms of wellness and harmony, not just exterior success. If you're out of alignment yeah, and you can't be in alignment if you're not being yourself. And so if you're trying to get better and you're in this illusion that you're so defensive about, it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, why are you so defensive about getting better? Why can't we even just have a conversation about this? It's like, whoa, what's all this? Mm. And so, yeah, it's like this idea of suffering and pain because it, it actually, you know, because even the language of pain, people still think that's bad. It's actually just suffering and experience. And it's like- Experience, exactly. Yeah, one of the, like, one of Buddha's four noble truths is all suffering comes from attachment. And it's like, yep, that's correct. All suffering comes from attachment. Yeah. So, so just to like give an example here, it's like when- when somebody has called me overweight or fat in the past, yeah. right, yeah. as a kid, that feels pa- it's a painful, or my experience is that this is painful. Yeah, right? we well, just have an experience. I, I can oh, give okay. you an even, an even more concrete example. It's like the, the way to think about these, this teaching from the Buddha is like everything changes. And so the example in your life is on maybe Monday night, you felt really good. Yeah. And some shit's gone down and now you feel devastated. So yeah. you used to feel good. Now you feel devastated. Well, suffering comes from resisting that change. Meaning, oh, I want to go back to how I feel Monday. Oh, I don't want to feel this. Yeah. Well, I want to go. It's like experience is, experience is impermanent. It's always changing. Yes. Never stationary. And the suffering is judgment. The suffering. Well, yeah. The suffering is just trying to change. The suffering is just by definition resistance. It's like, I don't, want to, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to go deeper. Why? I don't want to judge. I want to change. I want to take drugs. I want to like just, I would just want to be anywhere other than my experience. Okay. How does that come from attachment? Well, when you say suffering, all suffering is attachment. What do you mean right. by that? Great. So, great. So, when you're devastated, when part of you is devastated, if you're associated to those parts of you, Mm-hmm. That means you're attached to them. Yes. Right. And then because you're attached to them, they run your life. Totally. And so that's how the suffering starts. Right. It, it, in some ways, it's, it's tricky because we use attachment in a very different way than they do. In some ways, you could say all suffering comes from association. Yeah, that's because you just said association. So for my, I understand that now as association, but you're saying association and attachment from the what the buddha has yes yes but it's also it's not because it's deeper than it's deeper than just association because it's it's disassociating and then also it's the being the king component as well yeah just disassociate all the time great yeah but you're not then there's you just disassociated and that's cool 
Mm-hmm. It's actually to be disassociated. And then the big innovation that we found is, oh, then it's actually our duty to serve the suffering. And again, the Buddhists do talk about this. Mm-hmm. That it's like, you know, you, or, uh, the lotus flower, which is again, a representation of the Buddha. Well, the lotus flower grows in the mud. And so if you focus on a lotus flower, the only thing that it can turn into is mud. Like if the flowers, or if you're looking at a rose and it's already alive and all things change, then the only place that that rose can go is to death. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's only going to go downhill, as you would say. Whereas if you focus on the mud, well, if all things change, the only place that the mud can go is to the lotus flower. Uh-huh. This idea is in Buddhism, this idea is in Taoism, the very old idea. It's like, oh, this is why you don't, we spend our whole life effectively focusing on the darkness, the parts of us that are uncomfortable to feel. Well, you mean us as facilitators? Us and as facilitators. Us as, and us people, as, who, yeah. people who do the work, we do the opposite of what everyone else does. And by doing that, our life is magic. Mm. Because by focusing on the darkness, the only if, if all things change, then the only thing the darkness can change into is the light. Well, if we focus on the darkness, it's going to become the light. Mm-hmm. But if you only focus on the light and all things change, then the light can only go to darkness. And so you're just going to constantly understand this idea of resistance again. And so, you know, I was around some people last week and hearing them talk about their mental health. And, and I was like, oh, you live your whole life just to never be still and alone. Because if you're still and alone, you get sad. And I was just like, that's, that occurred to me as insane. I was like, what the fudge? But, if I shared about what I do, well, I live my whole life so that I am still and I am alone so I can feel the sadness. Mm. They're going to be like, well, that's insane. Right. And so it's not, you can choose any way you want to choose. It's just like, I just think people need to be given the choice. Whereas I don't think people are given the choice. I don't think most people realize there's another way. Yeah. And then they try self-help and they go to some shitty meditation course or whatever it is and it gets a little bit better and then it just stops and they're like okay i've tried that this is just how it has to be i just need to self-medicate somehow Mm. and all of that's just a great pyramid scheme yeah and i think the other thing here is like this these this problem that we're talking about right now human beings like this is the problem this is what human beings have been thinking about for thousands of years like life's really painful what are Mm. we going to do about it Mm. And I think, yeah, just to be blunt, I think the solution can be explained more powerfully mm-hmm. because, you, you know, I've read the Buddhist texts. I've, you know, I've, you know, read parts of Christ's message. Like I've read a lot of these things and I'm like, you have to do a lot of work for this to make sense. Yeah. You have to be already be connected to wisdom in some sense for this to make sense. And I'm like, well, you know, so much of what we're doing is, taking these deep principles and putting them in a way where people can have the immediate felt experience and then have the community and the connection to constantly Mm. be guided around it. Mm. What makes such a big difference? You know, I feel like the work, you know, I I also want to kind of put a disclaimer out here because I know there's people in lots of different journeys uh, with the work and sometimes the work looks different it looks different for others you know and it like, looks the same and it also is different hmm. but don't get triggered by me saying all that well that's just wrong but we can keep going okay 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 well because i'm trying to explain something here but 
But um, all right, keep going. Okay, because what I feel is that uh, the work is changing for me a little bit. Uh, Let's make a distinction here, and I think this will make sense. The path, everyone's path is different, but the okay. work is always the same. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because that's, I think that's what you're trying to get at. Yeah. Because everyone's mean, path is different. Yeah. Like, you know, some guys, like, you know, there's a guy I'm thinking of who we won't name, but like, you know, he came to his container, he had a beautiful experience, and then he fucking disappeared. And then he came back, a, you know, this a couple of weeks ago, and his whole life has changed. And that was his path. Yeah. And his path was to do the work for three days and then run away and then come back and realize I need to do the work more. And that's great. Yeah. But the, the work itself in terms of the actual being with yourself, being the king, being the hero, being the unicorn, whatever it that's, is. That's always the same. That's always the yeah. same. But everyone's path around that core experience is different. Yeah. Uh, cool. So I feel like my path is changing. Mm, cool. You know, from the moment that I started coming into this work, um, I felt like my path was very much instructional. Mm. Like, and when I say instructional, it's like, you know, feel, disassociate, be the king and, and give love, right? Mm. That, that's, that's kind of what we've put it into, but you can't use as... And toast. And toast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well, you know, you talk about being the king and, and toast and love and all in one. So, yeah, yeah of course, trust. So the path, like the path back then two years ago or a year and a half ago was like me sometimes writing shit down, like writing all my misters down, writing down the parts of me, like trying to work out the, the pattern. Mm-hmm. That was my path. My process. path, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the process. The, my path was like asking questions out loud to my misters. Yes. Right? Yes. The path has changed. So right now the path for me, and it's also changing, but I feel like I'm not doing a lot of speaking out loud. Mm-hmm. All I'm fucking doing is just feeling. Mm. And as I feel, sometimes silently, sometimes just sighing, sometimes breathing, like just whatever the fuck's happening, I can feel that I'm being with myself and it's he- mm. and I'm healing, you know? Yeah. I can feel that something is... I'm just being a king, you yeah. know, but the king, like the king, my path of the king was like sometimes being the strength, the strength of the king, which is to be like, to, to really instill like safety, safety. Yeah. It's like I fuck, the strength of the king is like, I fucking got you. Ex- exactly. I fucking got you. But it's all, yeah. it's also now it's, it's sometimes not that. Yeah, it's very playful. It's yeah, it's it's playful. Yeah. So the path is always changing. But well, I think the thing, just the thing to add in here is, it's really important that you're you're not. And again, I think you're doing yourself a disservice here because there's a really big banana in here. I think for you, is you've got this idea in your mind that you're somehow doing the work your own way. It's like no, you're doing the work because it's not the words that's important. It's the presence of the king. It's the presence. And so you're still feeling disassociating being the king. It's just that being the king for you, that doesn't, being the king can fucking be whatever you want. It's just that the presence of the king is there. And so as you're sitting here with these parts of you and you even said it in your language, like I'm just slowing down and I'm just feeling and I'm just being the king. And I'm like, great. Yeah. You don't yeah. need the language. Now some, some part, and the way to think about this, and again, it's a bit more of an advanced concept, this concept is like every part of you needs something slightly different from the king. Yeah. Right. So like Mr. Anger might need constant language. 
Yes. Right? Whereas Mr. Devastation might just need presence and he might actually want you to shut up and uh-huh. feel. And yeah. then some other parts of you want to joke, like little boy often very playful energy. Whereas your teenager needs the dead serious, like, hey man, I understand what you've been through. Yeah, and yeah. It's all different. And so- Dude, I'm really happy you're languaging this. This is really cool to hear. Yeah, and because I think for you, it's like, what's happened is just the resistance has dropped. And so because because the resistance has dropped, dude, it doesn't matter if you never talk to yourself. It's just feeling through what is this part of my kingdom need from the king. And what it sounds like is happening right now is you're feeling a lot of the parts of you and they just want presence. Yeah. They don't want anything else. And it's like, great. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's really it's really cool, and even just to to go on the back of uh, what you said before, like you you were saying to me that I was trying to say to you that I'm doing the work my own way, mm. and, and and that's actually not I could that's actually not how I feel. Oh. Like I, I'm uh, I I can really see that in the past I have used this work to be like oh it's changing and now there's a different way and it's my way and everyone's got their own way and like I've done that before. Yeah. But that's not here right now. Like what, so cool. I, what I was really trying to communicate is exactly what you were saying to me. It's like it, every single part of you needs something different. Yes. You know, and it's listening to the part of you. Yes. And they might not talk, by the way. Yeah. Most of it, most of it's just feeling. Yeah. I'll just send you a feeling and it's on you to figure that fucking feeling out and then figure out what they need from that feeling. <laughs> Dude, I feel like I'm just getting present to how fucking ludicrous it is what we teach and how like how hard it is to teach how do you teach this yeah just by being hectic that's how you know what i mean like yeah like it's we're teaching human like men to feel yeah it's so fun and it's not difficult people like oh men don't feel no 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 men don't feel safe to feel very 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 different kettle of fish very different kettle of fish not feeling safe to feel versus not wanting to feel versus not being able to feel they're all way different. And the amount of people we've had come into our programs and tell us, I don't know how to feel. I don't have any emotions. I'm like, okay, great, man. Let's just, let's start here. And you know, two minutes later, they're weeping or whatever it is. And again, it's not about the weeping. That's not the bit, but it's like, there's just that that's why we talk so much about a way of being because if someone comes into this work and tries to master the process, they're going to miss it because there's just too much depth for it to be a process. Like if we had to write out absolutely every single possible sub banana, banana that any guy would need on the mountain, it's going to become impossible. Mm -hmm. It's too much. Whereas if you just realize we're just teaching you to do something you already know how to do, you've just never trusted yourself enough to do it. Well, then things start becoming very different. And there's even guys like, it's so obvious to us where someone's at at the mountain. Like even just by the, the question that they ask. It's like, yeah. oh, they ask this question. I'm like, okay, cool, man. I know where you are on the mountain. And most of, it's like most of the guidance that we give is to stop the thing that you're doing and just feel. That's like most of the guidance, not this, more feeling. Mm. More, more feeling, more feeling, more feeling. And then when guys start to really feel, then it can become a bit like you get a bit of the different flavor. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Great. Love it all. Um, can you talk about, can you talk a little bit about the mind? Because oh. I'm, 
you know, I was listening to some, some like neuroscientist chick on um, impact theory uh, with Tom Billiou. Side note, Tom Billiou, like, man, it's just hard, hard to listen to. You get a matrix, man. It's really hard. It's actually hard because I can feel there's so much about him in the podcast and it's yeah. like he grips. He really yeah. grips like where it needs to go. He just feels so sad for me. I feel like I've, I know, you know, he just feels sad. Like I look into his eyes. I'm like, you feel exhausted and you feel sad. And I just want to give you a hug. Like how many people give you a hug in your life? Yeah. And yeah, man, you going. you listen to a neuroscientist. Yeah. And, and you know, she was saying that the, the main function of the brain is to basically regulate the body, mm-hmm. like to send signals to the body like so for example the stomach the st- like you've got a pain in the stomach it's like do you feel the pain in the stomach first or does your brain go online first to recognize that there's a pain mm-hmm. and she was saying that it's it's the brain's job to communicate to the body what's going on mm-hmm. and there was a whole bunch of other stuff around concepts and you know she made an interesting point that uh as babies like when babies grow up that they don't know, like they just, their eyes, like what's inside of them is just the brain, which is just developing in mush. And when they look at a human face, they don't see a face. They just see like a shadow and, and then their face becomes something that they start to recognize. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I just, I want to learn more about the brain. Great. Cause I think it's important to understand what's going on here. Great. All right. So, I'm going to be very MJ with this. Here's the problem with this neuroscience chick and really with all of this. And please, I'm but I'm butchering this. So like we can't, no, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, you've thrown her under the bus and that's okay. Oh, all right, so, uh, the lack of awareness around the fact of cleaning your own window is in my estimation, one of the biggest things which stops us, actually the biggest thing which stops us from finding truth. Because all neuroscientists and all human beings are biased. Now, I don't mean biased in the way I mean confirmation bias. I don't mean that. I mean biased in the way that maybe they don't want to feel their emotions. And so when they go in to do science, they're definitely not going to focus on how much we need to feel our emotions. Or Does that make sense? Yeah, It's like, if you're burying your own shit, if you live in a very tactical mind, a very structured, very strategic mind, then as you go into the brain, that's what you're going to see. Yeah. Because you're going to look for it. So anytime anyone says, this is the brain's main job. Yeah. I'm already like, nope. And even, you know, the being, uh, sorry, seeing the sun, being the sun video that we're about to put up, I talk about the brain. And my first thought is, We don't understand this thing. We have no idea what it does. It does a billion things. Here's one of the things that it's supposed to do. And then we, and and all that framing is really necessary because otherwise you're just like, because in my understanding, first of all, there is no brain body separation. That's an illusion. There's just nodes. You've got one aspect of your brain between your head, but your brain's like, there's, I, I think this is true. There's more, oh, I don't know if this is true. There's more neurons outside your head than in your head or something like that. There's definitely more like brain tissue if you count the spinal cord as brain, which it is, 
outside of your head than inside of your head. So we all walk around and we think that there's this thing up here and then all the stuff down here. And that's a lie. They're all the same thing. And you can't take the brain out of the body because it doesn't work like that. It's all interconnected. Now, again, to just go one level deeper into this, it's both ways. Your body is sending just as much signals to your brain as your brain is sending down. And again, we know this in the gut, for example, there are neurons in the gut. Most of your serotonin is created in your gut and your gut can talk to your brain. Your gut sends your brain messages. And so it's all two way and it's all kind of moving together. Now, the reason that we evolved brains is to move. And we can be reasonably confident about that because there's a, uh, there's a type of fish where it's like when it's young, it's a fish. And then when it gets too old, it like becomes coral. And the first thing it does when it plants itself is it eats its own brain because it doesn't need a brain if it doesn't need to move in the world. Right. So to, and I know, I know. To say that the brain's main job is to send signals to the body, well, your heart doesn't need your brain to send its signals because it has its own internal like neuronal system. There's just, it's so much more complicated than that. And so what I suspect this woman was doing, and I don't know her, so whatever, is she had an outcome that she wanted to get to. Mm. And she went into neuroscience to prove that outcome. And I bet you, she what was the main point of her sharing with Tom Bilio? Take care of your body more or like, no, no, I, I'm still, I tuned out and I had about 57 minutes left of the podcast. And so uh, how long did you get in? Like six minutes? No, nah, it was an, I got in an hour. Oh, wow. It's two hours. Yeah. yeah it's two hours. Um, I'll give you just one more example of this. It's really common. There's a guy who's making the podcast circuit at the moment from Stanford. And he's talking about how to be like the best brain that you can. And it's like, you know, deep work in the morning. And he's talking about the neuroscience of high performance. And I'm like, great. He goes in and he looks at the brain as an organism of high performance. So everything that he knows about the brain is, is tilted. That, oh yeah, the brain's a high performance machine. Mm. So that's his language, right? And this woman has other languages. She's like, oh, the brain has this thing. Mm-hmm. And two things here. One, there's this very deep idea in science that all of the metaphors that we use to explain the world correlate with the biggest invention in the world in that time. So for example... When clocks and trains were the craziest invention of the day, all of the, all of the metaphors that we used in physics were about mechanisms. The, the universe is a machine. It's a clock. And if you can just understand the machine well enough, then you'll be able to use it. That was back in that day. In our day, everyone talks about the brain like a computer. Yeah. Right? You process. Yeah. You, and it's like, no, because here's what I never hear neuroscientists talk about. It actually looks like the brain's job is to create consciousness. Why the fuck is no one talking about that? Mm. Right? Like what? Ex- explain that. Create consciousness. You mean just create living, create life? Well, cre- no, not, not create life. Create, the ex- create a subject. Right? Create, y- you have a feeling right now that you're alive. Yes. You, you, you walk around and you're like, I am Jono Franz. Yeah, I'm conscious. You're conscious. We have no fucking clue what that does. And no one's like, that's what they should all be talking about. How does that happen? Mm. And it's because of the fears of what would happen if we put the subjective into science, it just gets taken out. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, the brain's main job is to send signals to the body. What the fuck are you talking about? Mm. Right? That's it. That's all the brain does. Just send signals to the body. Okay, well, how about 
all the things that I feel? How about the fact that I think that there's an I here? We're just not going to talk about that. Okay, great. And so you see this everywhere, but you see this in the brain sciences and you see this in psychology as well. It's like psychologists are just, it's just their own shit on their window tells them where to go. Mm. Right? Like and to give you another example of this, the most common thread in psychology at the moment is that if you have a problem, it's just a chemical imbalance. Yeah. Chemical imbalance. It's like, huh, I can see very powerfully how someone who has a matrix, which tells them that they don't have any feelings and they're doing great and there's no depth would very much like to find that answer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It's like, yeah, if I'm discovering the brain and I'm going to decide how to help people, well, if I don't want to discover my own basement, well, then I damn well better come up with an answer, which makes sense that I don't have to feel anything. Cool. Makes sense? Oh, great. I've just got a broken brain. I'm just a machine. I just need to fix my chemicals and I'll be sorted. And it's like, yeah. And that's because that's what your window needs you to figure out. And so for me, the part in behind all of this is without a recognition of the brain's ability to trick us, truth is very difficult to find because you're like, I just see that human beings collective matrices has just got us hook, line and sinker. Mm. It's so glad and sinker. I'm like, yep, this is just all the matrix kicking goals every minute of the day. Like what's coming up for me is like, it feels like it'd be hard. It'd be hard to trust as well. Like, you know, if, if you're talking about, you know, even a psychologist that believes that, you know, a depression or anxiety is a chemical imbalance in the brain. Right. And you're saying to me that it'd be great if, you know, they found that discovery and then it, obviously for themselves that they were struggling with cleaning their own windows. So yes. the chemical in the brain is like, a okay. Yes. Like, well, fuck like that person's reached a certain level in their field to be able to communicate to the world, this message. Yep. I'm not saying that this message is right or wrong. Understand me either. Uh, I, I'm, I'm like, how do we trust? Totally. Well, and so people don't and people go deep into psychology and go deep into psychiatry and realize that unlike biology and chemistry and physics, it's not built on top of a rock solid foundation of experimental data. In many cases, the social sciences, for example, they found that it's either 50 or 75% of the studies that have been done can't be replicated, which means they're bullshit. So half of which the field. Social sciences. What yes. Science? Social sciences is like, uh, like if you heard of the the the, um, the prison experiment, like the Stanford prison experiment where they lock people up or the like shock experiment where they would pretend to shock people and give people answers. It's just like, you know, the, the, a very famous one is people like, oh, they've done experiments to show that if you're holding a hot cup of water, you're nicer than if you're holding a cold cup of water. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, All yeah. that sort of stuff. It's yeah. like that whole world. And they the found art, that at least- The art of persuasion, that book- it's probably um, built off social science. Yep. Yes. It talks yep. a lot about that. Yeah. Yep. Great. So at least half of that, the whole field is bullshit. Like full stop. Half. Yeah. And so then what happens, and this is why I think scientists, like we just need to have a very honest conversation about how there's still so much humanity in science. People then realize this. They then say, I don't trust science. Who's been saying that I don't trust science? Conspiracy theorists have been saying this since day one. That means everything that the conspiracy theorists say must be true. Therefore, I'm not going to get a vaccination. And it's like, 
for me, the way I look at this, yes, the responsibility is on the conspiracy theory people, but the responsibility is also on the scientists that they bandy about this word science in things which are not science. And so then people stop trusting science because they realize there's bullshit in, it in one area. And then people just go, oh, okay, then the whole thing must be bullshit. And then they Google into, is science bullshit? And then the top search that comes up is fucking some fucking conspiracy theorist. And then all of a sudden they don't get vaccines. Mm. It's like, yes, all of that happens. And it all comes back to cleaning the window. And, you know, we're going to, Yo and I are getting, Johan, who's, will never be invited to the podcast. Don't make that mean anything, Johan. Uh, you can come on anytime you want. Uh, on Monday, him and I are going to film content. And the kind of first piece of content I want to film is every problem in the world, for, in my, how I see the world, boils back down to someone with an unclean window. So you can just pick any problem. And, and uh, just talk about, what it really is to have an unclean window for people yeah. that are listening. Yeah. Okay. So what I, to finish that sentence, it either boils down to an unclean window or nature somehow. So COVID assuming it wasn't leaked from a lab is just nature, right? No human being pressed a button to create that. If a volcano explodes, nature, no one's, it's no one's fault. That's just nature. Could be global warming, but you know, right. Uh, it's, it's always our fault. Yeah, it's always our fault. That's the that's the main message. It's always our fault. Yeah, yeah. But okay, just pick a problem that you see in the world, John. Just pick any problem, and we'll do this. Uh, yeah, that, that people die in car crashes. Okay, great. Will that so works. Some oh, really? great. No, that'll work. So there's some uh, there's some nature to that because a lot of that's just complexity. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say people who die in accidents because someone was drunk. Yeah. It's like, okay, why did a person choose to drive and drink? Mm. Okay. Well, why did a person do that? Another example is domestic violence. Okay. Why does a person think it's okay to beat someone else? Mm-hmm. Well, let's take the drink driving one. Okay. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of places where we could have made a different decision. Once they're drunk, why didn't they have anyone else around them who was able to tell them no? Mm -hmm. Why did they know going to the thing that they were drunk and that they were going to get drunk and they shouldn't drive? Or did they think it's not going to matter? I'm, it's, I'm not going to, if there's no, my chances of dying are so small. I'm a good drunk driver. Yeah, yeah. Okay, why do they feel like they need to drink so much in the first place that they're getting drunk? And you can pick any one of those threads and what you boil down to is there's something that's happened in that person's life, which means that they've got parts of them which are trying to keep them safe from that happening again. And those parts of them are running their life. And one of them might be, well, I feel quite worthless and it's very difficult for me to feel things. And this is super common with men. One of the ways that I can feel things is to be reckless. Because one of the only ways I can feel anything in my life is if I'm really reckless. So I speed, I don't wear a seatbelt. And if anyone tries to talk to me about not speeding or wearing a seatbelt, underneath the recklessness is feeling worthless or feeling nothing. And so I defend speeding with my life. Because if you're trying to tell me not to speed, what you're really telling me is feel worthless. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. And so when you tell them not to speed, they speed more. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I can actually feel that every single time that I've like been speeding, it's either because I'm in a rush or I want to go fast. Yeah, and dude, you know, I've driven a very fast car around a track in Las Vegas. I'm all good with driving fast, but what is it that means that that person chooses two options, be safe or drive fast, and they choose to drive fast? Like, like, what is that? Because what are they, you know, and I'm just going to skip steps here. What's missing in a person's life where they feel like they have to risk things needlessly just to feel something that driving fast gives them? Why can't they just feel whatever the feeling is from driving fast in their life? Why can't they just feel that without having to risk their life? Well, it feels like we need to, or I need to put something into the external world to do something. Mm, cool which means something in your internal world is not where it needs to be mm. that makes sense mm. it's like oh i don't like how i feel let me change how i feel let me speed that makes me feel awesome therefore i'm gonna speed fuck i can feel it i feel this coming through as well and like it's like how many times have i been feeling something resentment anger or whatever it is and the first thing that i've wanted to do is go and have that conversation mm. Like go and go. I feel like this. What do I need to do? And that's what I, that's what I've asked myself that so many times. Okay. So this is how I feel. What do I need to do? Yes. So how, instead of who do I need to be? Yeah. But not, not even because you can lose yourself with that. Like as in who do I need to be? I just, I'm, I'm interpreting that as like, okay, so who do I need to be whilst I'm doing something? No, who do I need to be for myself? You ning nong. Yeah, I know. I, I know, I know. No, so, and again, so let's, let's choose another example. Let's choose climate change. All right. One of the biggest impediments, if not the biggest impediment to us taking climate change seriously is there's a lot of people who are going to lose money if we take climate change seriously. A lot of people. A lot. A lot of people are going to go out of business if we, climate change is real. Yeah, my share portfolio will also go out of business. Yeah, so there you go. So you've got misincentives. Okay, great. So- Okay, well, those people pay politicians to not take climate change seriously or at least drag their feet. Okay, well, why do the politicians accept the money? Because Mm. you would think as a politician, your solemn duty is to take care of whatever it is. Why are you taking money when what you should be doing is having the value set and again, this, is, this doesn't have to be this way. I just think this is what we would all choose as a society is we want our leaders to choose character over like themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we could very comfortably all decide to do. And what we've really liked in Australia, at least as COVID has happened is, well, it's less so now, but at least while it was happening, the politicians just stopped being dickheads. It's like, great. In America, they didn't stop being dickheads. And that had a wildly different impact. UK, 50-50, right? Germany, no dickheads. And they've dealt with it so powerfully. Basically, every country in the world who's dealt with this really powerfully, their politicians just decided not to be a dickhead about it. And that just made things so much easier. Okay, well, why are politicians being dickheads around climate change? Well, it's because there's massive incentives for them to be dickheads. They get money. They get reelected. It's like, okay, well, why is it more important for that person to get reelected than to do what's the best thing for the country? Why is that there? Okay, well, let's go one level deeper. Well, they would get so much significance from being a politician. It's like, if I have to choose between being in the political seat or not being in the political seat, well, I'm going to choose being in the political seat. Okay, well, why is it more important 
for you to take care of your own ego than it is to do what's best for the country. And we can argue about what's best for the country. I'm not suggesting this is a political thing. We can pick an issue on the left and do the same conversation. Well, it's because I've, I really like having power. Okay, well, why do I like having power? Well, because I feel powerless. Mm. I feel insignificant without my political job. I feel like money gives me validation. I want to have a nice house. Okay, well, past scarcity, why do you want to have a nice house? Well, because it makes me feel like I'm better than Sandra across the street. And it's like, okay, well, why has that come up? Well, because when I was a kid, I was poor. And I decided when I was six years old, mom and dad used to fight all the time because of money. And so I really want to be rich mm. because then I won't have to fight. And it's like, there's no wrongness in any of this, by the way. It all makes sense. It's like, okay, great. So because that ex-politician, man or woman, you know, unicorn, it doesn't matter. They aren't complete with what happened to them as a kid. They don't make unbiased decisions. They make decisions to solve for the, what happened to them when they were a little boy, to solve what happened to them when they were a teenage girl, to solve for them when they were a person when they were nine, instead of actually making the decisions which are in the best interest of the country or whatever it is. It's like, yep, great. There's political polarization. It's like, we can just keep going. We can pick any problem in the world. As long as it's not nature at the bottom and all problems are nature at the bottom, what you find is human beings just with unclean windows making decisions to serve themselves rather than doing what's best for the group. And that's okay. Of course, that's what we all do. And we all do that at times. And if we lived in a world where that didn't happen, and that's not an impossible thing, because we know now how to do that. And we didn't before. We just live in a very different world. Mm. Yeah. You know, you talk about uh, instead of doing something that's best for them or the people around them or what they think they should do, like do something that's best for character or do something yes. that's, do something that's out of, out of good character. Yeah. Well, like do, I mean, they're just the easiest example because we're in 2020 and COVID's happened is like, you know, Scott Morrison's on the right. He just chose to listen to the scientists. It's like, there you go. He didn't try and make it political. He didn't try and make it about him. He didn't try and score points against the other team. He didn't try and make it about him winning. Yeah. He, motivated, he made it about him taking care. Dude, that is the opposite of what's happened in America. That is the complete opposite of what's happened in America. And because of that, America's gotten it's, roasted it's because nature is undefeated. Now, reality is undefeated. You can try and bullshit reality as much as you want. And eventually that bill is going to come. And it comes 100% of the times because nature just wins. It's like, look at what happens with climate change. Yeah, we can say climate change is a denier and eventually shit's going to hit the fan. In fact, it already has been hitting the fan. It's going to get, it's going to hit the fan even worse. And so, and then again, you can say, well, okay, well, but if that politician acts like they're a winner rather than doing what's best, maybe they don't win. And so it's like, okay, well, why are people picking politicians who just act important instead of having politicians who like have character? Mm. And then you can go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, and then it's interesting because you've you've also done a whole thing on defining character. What is a good character? And I don't know if I can define what good character is, but I know it when I see it. Yeah. Right. And again, this is this idea of character. It's there's so many things in it. There's so many parts of it, but to have it defined is to miss it because then it's like character's a box. No, yeah. character's a way of being. And you know, there's so many quotes it's like char character's what you do when no one else is looking. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What do you do when there's no incentive to look good? How do you treat people? Right? Yeah. Characters who char char true character is how you treat people who you have power over. 
how you treat people who have nothing who have like nothing to do with you. And again, the easiest one here is like when you go to a restaurant and like, and I've worked in restaurants, I've worked as a bartender before. I'm like, some people are so rude. Mm. It used to hit me when I was a bartender. I was like, dude, I'm about to serve you alcohol. I have complete control over your life right now. And you're being a dick to me. And why are you, what are you doing? This is, I have all the power here. Like mm. I can get you kicked out and you're being rude to me. Why are you doing this? Yeah, but a lot of bartenders don't think like that. Yeah. Because of that, that okay. Well, I, I don't feel comfortable being confident or assertive. Okay, why not? Again, you find the, at the bottom of that a character doesn't mean you're a wet lettuce, by the way. Yeah, right. Know. Okay, well, at the bottom of that, you find an unclean window. And it's like, and this has really hit me. I think I've known this for a while, but it's taken me time to be comfortable kind of choosing this as the like hill to die on. At the bottom of all of these problems that we have in the world is either nature, and we can do a lot to kind of take care of that. We can't perfect it, but we can do a lot. And then the other one is just human beings with unclean windows choosing themselves over character. So yeah, that's, we can pick any point in human history. We can pick any time period. We can just pick anywhere. Mm. It's like, boom, there we got human beings making decisions where their windows aren't clean. And that's why the work that we do, one of the reasons that we work that we do is so important is because we're just helping people to become people of character. Mm. And I don't mind... Like, I don't give a fuck if someone completely disagrees with me politically. Like, we, our, our organization is apolitical. We don't care. But if I'm operating with someone of character, well, then I'm happy to go together. Mm. Like, yeah, man, maybe I'm, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe you know where to go. Great. I'm so happy to go where you want to go. I just want to know that you're not doing this to try and win, but mm -hmm. you're doing this because you think this is what's best. And we can have a conversation about what's best. And we're not both holding on to things. Yeah. Right? It's like, you know, there's the, um, there's that, the, I think his name's Stephen Crowder. He does this section on, you know, how to, how to change my mind. And he'll go get some super politically charged statement and he's on the right and try and get people to change his mind. And everyone looks at that and like, oh, that's cool. He's trying to be for free speech. And I'm like, well, actually, the question here is how many times has he actually changed his mind? Right. He's constantly going out in the world, getting people to argue with him. So he changes his mind. And I'm like, well, the real test there is how many times have you changed your mind? And I guarantee you it's zero. And so that means he's acting like he's being a man of character. But in actual fact, he's using the act of being a man of character to try and win. And you're like, okay, fuck. Oh, yep. Devastated, sad, sorrow, and now stressed. Now, and it's like, because if character's at the bottom of this, you know, how do I choose to lead? How do I choose to, what do I choose to do? Well, for me, it's just do the work. It's my answer. Like, there are so many problems in the world that I, I, like, I feel, and I'm like, fuck, that's a really big deal. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't do all of them. So what problem can I focus on? Where by focusing on this problem, it'll take care of all the other problems. And for me, it's just the work. Mm. It's like, and I really believe this. And I think this is totally possible. I don't think this is actually that difficult. If in high school, every high school had a facilitator and every high school in the world, the structure of the school was built around getting the guys to hold space and do the work. Yeah. And they still learn everything. And that's great. Yeah. They still do the work. I just think we're in a completely different world. Mm. I just think so much of this goes away because we know 
and someone who's doing the work doesn't see this, but as a facilitator, you see this, 90% of it's the team, right? Mm. 10% of it's the little boy and then the rest is the team. And it's like, okay, well, if we could just wipe that away. Or, or just go into the teen years. Yeah, that's what I mean. We just go into the teen years and just make sure we build it in a way where that shit doesn't happen. Yeah, but just because you go into the teen years doesn't mean that that shit is going to stop. People are still going to get bullied. People are still going to go through trauma. People are going to do the well, Okay, yeah, people will still go through trauma, but okay, people get bullied. But every week, everyone sits around in a circle and is facilitated and it's just, an, it's just expected. It's not in one in, one out. It's like, okay, why did you bully that person? Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, hectic. that's possible. But again, we can't do that because the teachers don't know how to do it and they're scared of what comes up. So they won't let it in. And it's just like, you got to be really, you got to be a fucking a man of character, a woman of character. Yeah, or a person of character. Exactly. Person of character. Yeah, man. And that's why I think we're going to be okay. We'll just keep pumping out people of character and we'll see what happens. Hmm. Hi, bro. Anything else before we finish up? No, nah, man. It's good. Oh, I'm glad next week we have a guest. Yeah, cool. Can talk less. Listen more. We're going to be coming to you live from Port Macquarie next week. Well, me. I'll be live from Port Macquarie. Well, you'll be in Port Macquarie? Yeah, I'll be in Port Macquarie. What are you doing in Port Macquarie? I'm going to, I'm going to visit mum and dad. Just throwing a curveball out there. Oh, cool. What yeah. are they doing in Port, Port they're, Macquarie? Well, they're just cleaning their window. Jokes. Um, uh, we're just going to hang out. Um, so yeah, so we're going to go up to Port Macquarie right. for three days. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, fly back Friday, and then obviously the KYD on Saturday. All right, everyone. It's been fun. Thanks. Always well, a pleasure for you guys to be here. I don't know who, which one of you. Oh, let's just see if we got our 7,000th listener. It'd be so okay. funny if only one person listened last week. Yeah. How do we uh, dashboard? People always uh, commenting as well. Oh, they? that's nice. Dude, 7,143. Someone was the second. Wow. Who? Imagine if we could figure out. Who yeah, was. who the second was. They could have the biggest prize. It's like whoever our whoever our thousandth container like purchase is, he can have it for free. Yeah, but can, can, we, can, we, can we figure that out? Yeah, because we'd go in and we'd be like, okay, we're at 997. The third dude to say yes today, he's our thousandth and he gets it for free. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. All right, everyone. Have a good life. We'll see you next week. Lots of love. Remember, at John O'Franz, J-O-N-O-F-R-A-N-Z-E, if you have any questions, uh, John O will took them up. Obviously, next week, we're going to have a story. And then the week after, we're super happy to do Q&A.